Hey everybody, this is Evan Brand back with Not Just Paleo Podcast, episode 15. Thanks again for coming. Today's another episode with Wendy Myers, and she is at wendy-myers, M-Y-E-R-S dot com. And Wendy's a nutritional therapist, so she helps people by going to their house and coaching them on diet plans, meal plans, exercise, supplements, detoxing as far as all the heavy metals that are in the atmosphere that we all have in us. She helps detox and helps teach you about detox with methods like using an infrared sauna, which is much, much more intense as far as the detox process. You remove 10 to 15% of toxins versus the typical rock sauna that's at your local gym which is about 2 to 3% of the toxins removed from your body. So it's amazing stuff, and I love talking about it with her. But today we talked about supplements like GABA and theanine. These are supplements that are found in green tea, and GABA is an amino acid found naturally in the brain. So we talk about that and how it can help you by using a GABA supplement because you could be having a deficiency. And you can literally relax your body. You can relax your mind with supplements like these. And that's the whole purpose of this whole journey in life is to relax every once in a while. We get so caught up in work and stress and all this stuff just builds up on our shoulders and we never have a release from it. And I'm not saying that things like GABA and theanine are drugs. They're certainly not, but they are supplements and they can enhance the way that you feel and they can enhance the way that you think. So I think a lot clearer when I'm more relaxed. And I do that through meditation, just deep breathing, at least once a day, five deep breaths consecutively, inhaling to the count of three, holding for just a second, and then exhaling until four. And that's just a cookie cutter way to start deep breathing, but you can do whatever works for you. So I don't count, I just think of how much stress that I have, and then I exhale with a certain amount of force and a certain amount of time. So anyway, we'll go ahead and get into this episode, but I just encourage you to relax as much as possible. If you're at the gym listening to this or running, then that's awesome. Great for you. Make sure you supplement your body after your workout. Get a good post-workout meal and get those glycogen stores replenished so you can heal and grow muscle. Women, you need muscle too. It makes you feel good, and being strong is not something that just happens and helps you in the gym. It happens and helps you in everyday life. So we'll let you get to it. You can find me back at notjustpaleo.com. Also, facebook.com forward slash notjustpaleo. Well, hey, everybody. We're back with Wendy Myers, the nutritional therapist, and I'm very excited for this episode. This is about trouble losing weight. So is this about not being able to gain muscle also or just losing weight? Let me introduce myself. Yeah, um, absolutely. Wendy Myers. I'm a health and nutrition nutrition coach in Los Angeles. And uh, if you have any questions or want to check out anything about me, you can look at my website at uh, wendy-myers.com. And Myers is M-Y-E-R-S. And uh, basically today, uh, you know, I had some my own personal struggles with losing weight. So I basically had to come, become an expert. And uh, the question why am I not losing weight with diet and exercise? Because um, that's what you read everywhere. You know, you need to lose weight, you go on a diet, and you work out more. Um, but it's just not always that simple. There's lots of other uh, biochemical processes going on that 
can be obstacles to losing weight. Right. So are these things that we're, we'll be able to change in our everyday life or is this long-term stuff? It's both. Uh, some things are you know pretty easy to overcome, um, but for the most part, you do have to put some time and effort into uh, making some pretty serious lifestyle changes or taking supplements. Okay. Before we get into it, I think that you should tell people what a what a day in the life of Wendy is like because I think uh, people would be interested to hear about your career and just what you're up to. Well, you know, I'm a health and nutrition coach. I um, definitely see people in person and over the phone and over Skype uh, that need personal health coaching to lose weight or to address their health issues. Um, I also do lots of writing. I'm writing a book right now. And um, I just finished writing a free ebook on how to lose weight. It'll be up on the site soon. And uh, that's uh, similar things will be addressed in it that are, we're talking about today on the show. And um, additionally, I do lots of writing. I write the blog. That's so awesome. Love- <laughs> yeah, it's a blast. And hopefully we'll get you on your solo podcast soon. So when I'm not able to do it with you, you can rant to the microphone and have people come back and tell you how awesome it was. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get started soon. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess the first thing that people may not be able to lose weight, I guess the problem is mineral deficiencies. So yeah. what minerals am I lacking and is diet enough? Well, I'll go, let's do a little overview of um, all the things that prevent you from losing weight if diet and exercise aren't working for you. Um, one of them is mineral deficiencies, like, and the next one is a chemical and heavy metal toxicity. It's a big factor for a lot of problem, a lot of people. Uh, neurotransmitter deficiencies, like the feel-good chemicals, serotonin and dopamine, hormonal imbalances, and insulin resistance, which leads to diabetes if it's not treated. And the, the mineral parts, um, basically, mineral deficiencies can make you gain weight or prevent you from losing weight in a number of ways. If you don't have, if you have low mineral levels, which majority of people do, probably 80, 90% of people, then you're going to crave food. Um, it's very simple. And so no amount of willpower is going to overcome biology. Biology will always run out because when your body is hungry or starving for something, it makes you want to eat, and you may not really be aware of that mechanism, um, but it's going to make, namely, people start craving salt uh, when they're mineral deficient. They eat potato chips. They want to go eat fast food, you know, because you're, you know, hitting that salt sensors in your tongue, but your body doesn't know that you're eating table salt that has no minerals in it, or it doesn't know that you're eating MSG, which is a taste enhancer that fast food companies and even lots of foods and whole foods have in it. Um, Your body doesn't know that that's that's what you're eating. It thinks it gives you a craving for salt. You're going to eat sea salt, which is what your body is comprised of, the minerals that are in the sea. And uh, so without adequate mineral levels, you're going to be chowing down all the time. You know, and you're going to have problems losing weight. That's why the Weight Watchers and other kinds of diet programs like that, Jenny Craig, they only work for so long. People aren't staying on those programs for years. They can't. Um, they can do it for a few months, a few months at a time. And, um, you know, because the, the body ends up starving. It's starving. It's starving for minerals. It's starving for nutrients on those programs. 
Right. Yeah, we talked about that on the last episode a little bit, too, which everybody should check out. We'll have to put a link up for that, too. So this is for people that have a good diet, and I guess this is for people that don't have their diet in check. So I guess what's a couple key points of a perfect diet that you can do to try to minimize these deficiencies? Well, definitely the paleo diet. The paleo diet is absolutely tailored to how our bodies are um, evolutionarily designed to function. Um, Eating lean meats, tons of vegetables, you know, occasional fruits. The fruits today have a lot more sugar than the the fruits of the cavemen. Um, So those I typically try to avoid for the most part, except for berries and melons, low sugar fruits. Um, uh, Maybe some grains, some whole grains. I I try to avoid those as as much as I can. Um, But also any kind of anti-inflammatory diet, like the Dr. Weil diet or my Live to 110 diet is also an anti-inflammatory, paleo-similar diet. So those diets are what going going to give you all the basic minerals that you need. But because most people are mineral deficient, they need to you know they need to supplement. And the best way to do that is I, on my website on my blog um, that's called "Trouble Losing Weight: Balance Your Body's Biochemistry." Um, I talk about uh, some recommended mineral supplements and things you can do to increase you know your mineral consumption and the nutritional balancing with hair mineral analysis. And that's a program I do to do targeted mineral supplementation um, because minerals are weird. Like if you take one mineral, it can affect uh, negatively affect uh, the levels of another mineral. So you really want to do targeted supplementation so you're not taking any minerals that you don't need and you're, you're balancing your body's biochemistry. Right. So are you recommending just mineral supplementation with or without a multivitamin? Um, definitely separate from it. Um, you know, most multivitamin mineral supplements, they come together. Um, but the problem is um, minerals are really, really bulky. They're really big. So, you know, a lot of these companies, supplement companies, uh, market a one-a-day, Centrum one-a-day. And those don't really help people that much because, one, your body can only absorb so much of it at one time. And, two, it doesn't supply you with adequate minerals because minerals are so bulky. You know, I unfortunately, I take uh, 10 pills three times a day. And there's one vitamin, a multivitamin, and the rest are minerals. Um, just because it takes time. Uh, like it takes, can take a, one year to replenish one mineral. That's so you amazing. Do, yeah, you have to do a good year of mineral supplementation to really, um, you know, get all those minerals back in your body and your body functioning normally. And but there are some people that are really far gone. People that have cancer, autoimmune diseases, or any kind of chronic illness, they're really far gone. So they might take a year to two years to remineralize. That is amazing. So, what are the most common minerals that people are lacking? The main one is zinc that people need. Uh, the ne- in order of importance, magnesium. Um, the other minerals are you know boron, magnesium, calcium, potassium, uh, manganese, selenium. I think I just said that. Uh, but the main ones: zinc and magnesium and calcium. Wow. So I guess are these things that were in the soil many, many thousands of years ago that have just been wiped out? It's they're all in uh, their soil. All of them are, they're supposed to be in the soil. Um, (laughs) Nowadays, they're not because, uh, you know, a lot of our farming practices, they, uh, 
they repeat the growing of the same crops on the same soil. And there's definitely lots of wonderful organic farms that do crop rotation. Like uh, they'll, they used to plant soy plants for the sole purpose of renew, you know, mineralizing the soil. But they would actually, in China, that's what they do. They plant soy just to remineralize and re-nitrogenize the soil. And they would toss it. They wouldn't dare eat it because it's really, really bad for you. Um, but they just did this crop rotation to increase the health of the soil so that the plants they grew they were actually going to eat would be healthier. However, most uh, some organic farms do that, um, but most don't because um, there's really no uh, financial gain that they will have uh, except for feeling good about the plants they're growing. So there's no financial gain or product differentiation in um, a broccoli that's mineralized and a broccoli that's not. People are still going to buy them because they just don't know any better. Um, the other reasons that minerals are, you know, not in the soil is just from acid rain, um, pesticide use, uh, pesticides, how they actually work, the glycophosphate that's made by Monsanto, um, and that's what's sprayed on all the genetically modified crops. How that works is it, um, it prevents the plant, it demineralizes the soil so the weeds die. I mean, that's actually how it kills the weed. So that's what it's doing to uh, to the plants, you know, and that's what it's doing to you too. It's killing you slowly by removing the minerals from your body. That's insane. So I wonder what percentage of organic farms are actually practicing that or if they're just doing monocultures because I guess basically you're saying monocultures are not very primal or paleo. That's not the way it ever would have existed before. No, not at all. Unfortunately, most food that's grown is these big, gigantic, you know, monoculture farms. They're typically the ones that are these big industrialized farms are growing corn for high fructose corn syrup or wheat or things like that. Um, but I, I really couldn't tell you what percentage of organic farms are, you know, doing proper, sustainable, you know, agricultural practices. Right. Yeah. Something that I've thought of before is and it's it's been talked about a lot in the paleo community just that eating nuts in excess would not be very possible back in paleolithic times just because i guess there wouldn't have been an abundance of almond trees everywhere i'm not sure what the yeah what the thought on it is but it makes perfect sense yeah well definitely nuts have lots of minerals in them and you know like brazil nuts have selenium and walnuts have all kinds of wonderful mineral profile um but there's I think there were definitely all kinds of funky seeds and nuts that they were eating. Probably nothing like we're eating today. You know, the cavemen had the 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 pleasure of having just a vast, vast variety of foods that they were eating. But today we're eating kind of the same thing. We tend to eat almond butter or, or peanut butter. We just we're not having a huge variety of nuts. Right. Yeah. Is that just because of selective breeding over many era? Oh, for sure. You know, people tend to grow or farmers tend to grow uh, the the almond variety that is the hardiest, that, you know, grows the easiest as in the most favorable conditions to where their farm is located, that um, uh, lasts the longest, doesn't spoil as easy. And, you know, that's a big problem today in uh, in farming is that we're just using the same you know, we're not using what they call like heirloom plants or heirloom seeds. There's hundreds of different varieties of corn or almonds or there's thousands of varieties of potatoes, but we tend to just eat the one variety. 
which isn't very good for our health. It's better to have a huge, huge variety, like all different kinds of almonds and all different kinds of corn is more sustainable for health. Right. If you wanted to, you could you could move your dogs if, if it's distracting for you. You know what? They're outside. Oh, okay. So, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was just saying, if it's, if it's messing you up, if you're, like, having to look at them or <laughs> try to scare them away. Outside, they're just so loud and annoying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can probably still hear them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be too big of a deal, though. It's not as bad as a blender. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're completely fine. I wanted to do another uh, comment, another uh, about something else on mineral deficiencies. Is that another reason why people need to supplement and that they're deficient? Is that whenever people eat processed foods, which they're eating all the time, like white sugar, white flour, and white rice, uh, those take up a ton of minerals uh, to even to, just to digest them, because normally they have the you know, when they're complete food like white ri- brown rice and whole wheat flour, those contain the minerals that we need to metabolize them. So when we don't have that uh, with the white flour and white rice, it uses up the minerals that are already in our body. It robs us of minerals. Wow. And additionally, when we have exposed to pollution and industrial chemicals, the work of detoxifying these chemicals uses up nutrients really fast. And additionally, anyone who's on any kind of medication, all medications are slightly toxic and they deplete our body of minerals trying to metabolize them and get them out of our body. That's amazing. So that's, uh, I guess, a pretty important thing to hit on then because if you're coming off of a prescription or you're on them right now, are you going to be able to, I mean, say someone that's scared to get off of medicine, Mm -hmm. uh, say they start weaning themselves off, I guess you're going to be experiencing a lot more trouble than just the average person. Yeah, and especially like a lot of people that are on, um, you know, anti-cholesterol medications and high blood pressure medications, especially the high blood pressure ones, those people are usually severely deficient in magnesium, uh, which they were in the first place, which is why they got high blood pressure. And the medication actually exacerbates that and makes them worse, Um, makes them even more magnesium deficient, which makes their doctor prescribe more high blood pressure medication that most people, they just need to mineralize their body. It's really that simple. And if you don't, you get sick. Um, So that's why I'm a big fan of not just not blindly doing what your doctor says, doing your homework, doing your research to figure out how you can treat your illness naturally with food, lifestyle, and supplements. And then if that doesn't work, give it your best shot, then do the medication. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess the uh, the medical industry is still way behind on this. And, you know, I guess we all, we talked about that before. It just goes back to profit. But hopefully they, they catch up pretty soon. I think the people like you and naturopathic doctors, I think they're on the rise. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. People are smartening up. I think it's just the power of the internet. You know, it's literally transformed the way that I think everyone's got information on health. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We don't have to pay attention to mainstream TV shows like Dr. Oz, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that, so. Yeah, he's not the worst of the bunch, but. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's, this is, you know, but, you know. He's doing a service. He's informing a lot of a lot of people how to get healthier. He's motivating people to get healthier, which is good. 
Yeah, that is good. So I guess a seemingly healthy person that's eating a clean, organic, paleo-style diet and they're having a good workout routine, I guess you could still be experiencing mineral deficiencies and not knowing it. So I guess is fatigue the most common thing that we should be looking for? Absolutely. Um, Fatigue. um, Other signs are, um, you know, eventually everyone's different. It depends on your genetic susceptibility and the foods you're eating and the medications you've taken. But um, a lot of things that can happen to yours, if you're mineral deficient, is your adrenals can become fatigued. And when that happens and your thyroid can get knocked out, um, you can also, when your body is mineral deficient, you're, you have a much higher, uh, much higher ability to accumulate toxic heavy metals. Um, strangely, if you have a low stomach acid from, you know, having not, not having enough minerals, um, the low stomach acid condition can increase your ability to absorb toxic heavy metals like mercury, lead, arsenic, cadmium, and aluminum, and, you know, other ones as well. Wow. Yeah, I just started getting into Himalayan rock salt. Mm -hmm. So I heard a lot about it just because it's, I guess, the cleanest source as far as uh, salt that we have right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Himalayan salt is great. Sea salts are great too. Himalayan salt is a, a land salt. It's from a they're from caves in, inland, and they're very ancient and uh, they're wonderful. Uh, sea salt also has a Celtic sea salt and um, Hawaiian jade bamboo sea salt. Those are, they're all wonderful salts. Any salt with color in it, it's great. That sounds amazing. What'd you say, Hawaiian jade? Yeah, Hawaiian jade bamboo salt. That's awesome. I haven't heard of that yet. Yeah, I need to still try it. But I was going to say, I don't. Is it in any health stores yet? Um, you can just get it online, probably. That's awesome. But yeah, that's definitely one way that I've tried to make sure I'm getting at least a a good salt because I think that table salt is still very common, and I don't think many people have switched over yet. But I think it's such a day to day usable item that it's probably important to switch. Yeah, because, yeah, when you eat regular table salt, all that it is is sodium chloride. It has one mineral in it. It's been completely stripped of all the other minerals. Um, plus, they add aluminum to it to keep it from caking. Um, so when you're eating table salt, you're eating heavy metal, and your body just it doesn't know how to handle the table salt. It's like, what is this? It's just completely foreign to it, and that's actually what's contributing to high blood pressure, not sea salt. Wow. People with high blood pressure can eat sea salt. No, but they need it. Do um, you think that will help reduce the problem? Of high blood pressure? Yeah. yeah. Actually, high blood pressure is actually caused from mineral deficiencies of other um, other minerals. It's not it's not salt that's a problem. It's they're deficient in minerals. And when you have a deficiency of minerals, your body can't hold on to water. Um, so then they have high blood pressure. Wow. It's, yeah. So it's just they just need to eat more sea salt. I've been trying to convince someone that salt is not bad, but he still tells me that his doctor says that salt is bad and keeps him on cholesterol medicine and high blood pressure medicine at the same time. So Yeah, see, that's just a deadly combo right there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, doctors do that. You know, I can go in a whole, like, litany, but doctors do that. The doctors that write the protocols for 
the instructions that doctors are supposed to follow when a patient is presenting with high blood pressure, for example, those 80-70% of those doctors that write those protocols are paid by the pharmaceutical industry. And so when a patient comes in, they're just automatically given medications. It's almost like this negative attitude that the patient's not going to follow lifestyle and dietary changes, um, you know, if given the option. And, and sadly, a lot of the doctors are correct that the it's too hard to change your lifestyle and diet. And um, some people are too far gone to where so far gone that uh, it would take them a long time of really hard work to get back to, to the point where they don't need medication. Wow. Yeah. What do you even do in that situation when you're gone off the deep end and you're on the verge of being in a wheelchair on crutches? I mean, is there is there a way to bring you back from that? or You can always come back. Always. Brought back from the brink. That's great. <laughs> there. Um, there's lots of wonderful um, institutes you can go to or you can get real hardcore yourself. But it's good to go to, you, know, you can go to a place like the Hippocrates Institute there's one place called the Environmental Illness Institute in Dallas. Lots of places like that that you go and they give you all kinds of blood tests and they basically put you on a vegan diet with uh, lots of sprouts, lots of juicing, totally alkalinize your body. They do toxic, they do coffee enemas, they do infrared saunas. And people's tumors go completely vanish. People get out of their wheelchairs that have multiple sclerosis, like Every type of disease is healed with doing these completely natural things. And so, unfortunately, when people take medications, they typically get sicker quicker. So there, there's always hope, but you got to go natural. You got to do your homework and, uh, and just and do the work that it takes. You know, you spend, people spend many, many years abusing their bodies and they're like, why am I sick? You know, you, you got to turn it around. And uh, do the things like juicing and eating healthy foods and uh, detoxing your body and mineralizing it. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you say there's at least a way to be brought back, though, because I think a lot of people get discouraged. And, you know, like you said, they get overwhelmed because they've been in a state like this for so long and then – you want um, results quick, and everything is about quick, especially in America. We both know that as far as extreme fat loss so fast. and mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People want a quick fix. They want to take a diet pill. They want to um, take a drug that's just going to get rid of their symptoms, put a band-aid on their symptoms. They want to lose weight real easy, you know, go on a fast or something like that. But it just – there's just no free lunch. You got to do the work. You got to – eat healthy and you got to do some exercise and you got to take some choke down some pills a couple times a day and you got to do the work uh, to get the results that healthy results that you want. Absolutely. I think we should go into neurotransmitters, which is my definitely, it's definitely my favorite part of this whole thing because I love to figure out what is actually in our brain that's preventing us from making changes too. Yeah, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, consider themselves emotional eaters. And emotional eating is really just kind of a, a faux a faux emotion. Let me put it this way. Like emotional eating is really the result of neurotransmitter deficiencies. And when you have a neurotransmitter deficiency, it creates these false emotions, these false negative emotions that propel you to emotional eating. 
Um, and that's how a lot of people gain weight. And some people just feel like out of control, the spiral they just can't break. Where they, they come in for work and they just eat everything in sight. And the reason people do that is just it's not because they're lacking willpower. It's not because they're weak. They just have a genetic uh, susceptibility to having low serotonin or low dopamine levels or um, their diet and lifestyle and stress levels have contributed to that. And one way you know that if you have a genetic susceptibility to having low neurotransmitters, like me, is that your grandparents or parents either smoked, my dad smoked, or they, my grandfather drank. Um, and so that's a sign of people like self-medicating to try to make them uh, feel better. And um, so there's many, many different uh, brain chemicals that you use to regulate their ap- your appetites and mood. Um, we use endorphins. We use serotonin. Or, or we need GABA, which is gamma aminobutyric acid. And we use uh, catecholamines and dopamine is in this family. And if the body doesn't have these adequate resources to make these neurotransmitters, the body is going, it's going to be out of balance and the body is going to try to create a balance. And it does that by propelling people to eat carbohydrates or sugar. Typically when people are emotional eaters, they are typically eating these kinds of foods. And the reason is because a carbohydrate uh, causes you know your blood sugar to shoot up then your pancreas releases insulin to try to get this blood sugar to down to normal levels and the insulin it reduces the blood sugar but it also takes all of the proteins all the amino acids out of the bloodstream except for tryptophan and with no competition the tryptophan can get into the brain and make plenty of serotonin temporarily the boost only lasts for so long, like 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour or so. And then a couple hours later, you need another boost of serotonin. And that's kind of the whole process in that. That's crazy that it's that biological. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's so simple. All you have to do is supplement um, with these the building blocks, the precursors to the neurotransmitters, and or also eat protein at every meal. Um, but sometimes eating protein at every meal um, – doesn't uh, doesn't quite cut it if you're really deficient. You kind of got to give your body a little boost um, just for a few months. You don't have to do it forever, but you can just do it for a few months. And the book, The Mood Cure um, by Julia Ross, details exactly how to figure out what neurotransmitters you need and the supplementation that you need to do and how to go about supplementation. You can also look on uh, moodcure.com and dietcure.com. Right. Yeah, I'll definitely post the links to those. I think we did that last time, too. Those are books that I haven't got to buy yet, but I definitely need to. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're amazing. GABA is definitely one of my favorite supplements, which I told you earlier, just because of the relaxing effects from it. Oh, yeah. Now, GABA works the same way as a Xanax. It's just like taking a Xanax, but instead of depleting your body of GABA, eventually, like Xanax does, GABA um, provides a building block uh, for it for, for GABA. So that, you know, you're replenishing your body rather than depleting it. Right. And I think something that I've noticed is if you're coming from a pretty health, I mean, even if you're coming from a completely non-healthy lifestyle, if you're coming from a healthy lifestyle and then you add amino acids and you add GABA to your Mm -hmm. supplement regimen, people 
are, you know, if they're saying that they can't have coffee too much, they can't have alcohol too much, they're still looking for a release. You can, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's such an anxiety reliever and stress reliever just to take these minerals and supplements like GABA. Oh, yeah. I mean, they change people's lives and they do it like that. Um, Like, for instance, uh, like, like you said, GABA, within 15 minutes, you feel calmer, you feel more relaxed. Uh, with L-glutamine, um, L-glutamine takes away the cravings for carb and sugar cravings. It gives your brain fuel. And if you take that, like I'm amazed at how I, I finally got around to taking it because by the mid-afternoon, I always crave the carbs and sugar, which is my downfall in weight loss. And L-glutamine, it just, it just disappeared. It just totally disappeared. And uh, other people, they have real emotional sensitivity and physical or emotional pain. Those people would do really well on DLPA. It's called a DL-phenylalanine. Uh, that's a neurotransmitter your body needs, uh, naturally makes to reduce physical pain. Um, then there's 5-HTP, which is really the one most people need. That's the precursor to serotonin. Uh, when you eat meat like turkey, you get you know amino acids like tryptophan. Your body turns tryptophan into 5-HTP. And then your body turns 5-HTP into serotonin. And only if you have an excess of serotonin can you make adequate melatonin. And melatonin is the, um, uh, the amino – it's the neurotransmitter your body needs to calm down and then eventually provide sleep for you and allow you to sleep through the night. So if you don't have enough serotonin, you're not going to sleep too good. Um, the next one is L-tyrosine. Um, a lot of L-tyrosine makes uh, dopamine, adrenaline, and norepinephrine. So when you supplement with this one, it gives you energy and mental focus. So that's a really good one for people who are depressed or have low energy. Whatnot. They just need a little bit more adrenaline and a little bit more norepinephrine. Wow. So do you think it's best to take these things isolated? Because I know you see 5-HTP a lot in every single store, and I wanted to ask – First is the quality of the 5-HTP you're going to get at a mainstream store. Is that insufficient? Um, usually, um, I never would buy cheap supplements or buy supplements based on price. Um, but usually the mid-range ones are fine, like the ones you get at most Whole Foods stores like Jaro. Um, I, that's, I take Jaro ones. I think they're totally fine. Um, I prefer the ones on pureformulas.com. Like any of the supplements on pureformulas.com is, are it's going to be really of the highest quality. Though they are more expensive, they can be twice as expensive as mid-range brands that are in Whole Foods. Um, it's just up to you. Uh, you just got to try and see which ones work for you. Some brands work better for some people than others. Um, it just depends on uh, your body's biochemistry. So you just got to, you know, try around and see which ones work best for you. Right. Yeah, see, I take amino acids, but it's a complex. So I've never taken glutamine by itself, so I guess I wouldn't have noticed those effects of basically, well, you say it just suppresses the need for sugar or the craving? Yeah. Yeah, well, L-glutamine, it's brain fuel, so it it reduces carbs, it reduces sugar cravings. It's also the main amino acid that your body uses to repair the lining of the intestines, so it's good for people who have colitis or IBS and other intestinal disorders. Um, but I do recommend taking them separately and not in a complex. The stress one's a little bit different. Um, those are usually fine in, in complexes. 
Um, but some people don't, it just depends on the amino acids. Some people don't react well uh, to some amino acids, and you need to be taking them separately to be able to, to, to determine which ones aren't working for you. So you need to be able to, um, for instance, when you're, you start on, you try one neurotransmitter first, like you'll try 5-HTP first, try that for a couple of weeks, see how you feel, and then add tyrosine, and then add the you know, DLPA or L-glutamine, whatever your, your needs are. So it's better just to um, you know, add one at a time and see how you respond. Yeah, that's probably a lot better than taking a complex, I guess, because you would you would have no idea. Yeah, you don't know which one's maybe not working. Because if they make you feel anything but good, then you should stop taking it. Like for instance, I tried DLPA, the DL phenylalanine, and I just wasn't really feeling anything. I didn't experience a reduction in my pain, so there's really no point in taking it. I took it for about six weeks. So you want to take a, a bottle for about a month and just see how you feel. And if you know, it's very subtle though. Um, some people may have a a big uh, reaction to it, a big, uh, they feel really, really good. Some people may just have a kind of a mediocre, lukewarm reaction to it. Some people feel nothing. So you got to take one at a time to determine that. Wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I haven't taken the DLP. I've never actually heard of that until today. So yeah. I knew about CLA and HLA, but yeah, those are, those are a little bit different. Those are fatty acids. The CLA is fatty acid. And so those are a little bit different. They're not the precursors to the neurotransmitters. Right, yeah. I've taken CLA just because our animals are lacking CLA. I guess the amounts that would have been in them when they were a lot more free-range roaming animals. Is- yeah, well, then some people, just because of their biochemistry, can be um, deficient in it. Also, if people are eating a lot of the factory farm meats, definitely those are not going to have healthy fatty acid profiles. Um, but I, generally, in general, if you eat a healthy diet, you're eating, for the most part, the grass-fed meats. Um, if you're eating um, lots of healthy vegetables, you, you usually don't have a problem with fatty acids. Well, you mentioned a couple other things that were on here. And yeah. I think it's something that's probably ignored is the mercury fillings and Uh just how we should definitely get those out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when uh, people, you know, mercury is a big problem in our society today. Most people have uh, mercury toxicity, which causes a number of problems in our metabolism, not to mention our health. And even if you've had your mercury fillings removed, if they weren't done properly, and, and even just from having them in your mouth for a number of years, you will have the inorganic mercury um, still lodged in your tissues. So it's really important to detox that from your tissues. The other kind of mercury is organic mercury, which is what's found in fish. Yeah, so those two kinds are um, what you want to get out of your body. Those can be chelated from your body just, you know, by taking chlorella, by juicing, by doing infrared saunas, and by doing coffee enemas. Wow, yeah, go a little bit into the, what is the infrared sauna? You mentioned it before, but for our new listeners, just what is the infrared sauna? Because I've talked about only going into the rock saunas, so I haven't got to try one yet. Okay, yeah, the infrared saunas are, are awesome. Basically, there's a blog on my website about infrared saunas that d- totally details it, what all the 
health issues that are helped by infrared saunas and what they do. Basically, it's just um, it's different from a regular sauna in that these infrared rays um, penetrate your skin about an inch and a half. And they allow, they just heat up your your tissues, your cells, and the cells excrete um, their toxic heavy metals and chemicals, BPAs, plastics, phthalates, and the 100,000 industrial chemicals that are present in, in our modern world today. So you got to get these things out of your body or they're going to make you sick at some point. And um, that's why the infrared saunas are invaluable to anyone who is uh, serious about improving their health. It, you have to do infrared saunas. And so the infrared saunas, they, they pretty much can get to your entire body since you know, they penetrate, you know, about an inch and a half, a regular sauna that you see at your gym, 24 hour fitness is they only penetrate like two to three millimeters. So that's like less than maybe a quarter inch. So they're really not uh, doing a whole lot in terms of detoxification that you do get some help when the sweat in a regular sauna is about two to three percent toxins, but the sweat in an infrared sauna is 15 to 20 percent toxins. So the guy in the rock sauna wearing a garbage bag and sweatpants and a sweatshirt isn't doing that much good, is he? You, your time is much more efficiently spent in an infrared sauna. Additionally, they're a lot safer. So people with really grave illnesses like congestive heart failure or cancer are able to tolerate them. Um, you can do an infrared sauna as low as you know, 110, 120 degrees, but a regular sauna is going to be like 180 to 220 degrees. So someone that's ill is not going to be able to go um, in those kind of saunas for any length of time. But, you know, on the regular, infra- I'm sorry, the infrared sauna, you can spend 10, you know, even 10 minutes up to an hour in them. Right. So this is something that could make that drastic of an effect that you should not be cheap on this. So you think it's definitely a sensible investment? Absolutely, but you can do one for as little as two hundred dollars. You can make one for two hundred bucks. The infrared on on my website, um, I have instructions on how to on how to make your own infrared sauna. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're completely fine. Neighbor's like, why is your dogs outside? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, you're fine. So infrared saunas, you said you can make them. We'll have to post a link to that website. Did you remember what it was offhand for our listeners? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I actually put a link under um, Find a Sauna. It's on my website under the blog Infrared Saunas. Um, there's just a link to it. Actually, it's on drlwilson.com, and it gives detailed instructions on how to make your own sauna. With You can make it with wood or with canvas, and then you can put uh, near-infrared bulbs in the sauna to heat it up. And it, it just it's very economical. It's not ideal, but it will do the trick. It will get you sweating. Wow. So I guess this is a silly question, but would you be able to fit this whole contraption into your bedroom? Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's probably heat up your whole bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can do it, you know, but and there are other saunas you can purchase. You can, on my website, I have links to it. There's ones, a near infrared sauna you can purchase for like $1,000. Um, my favorite ones are Sunlighten Impulse Saunas. Those are, you know, depending on the size, can be you know two to six thousand dollars. But those are really nice. Wow. But those won't heat up. They'll heat up your bedroom a little bit, but not as much as a, a canvas or a homemade contraption. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's a that's a pretty big investment. I definitely need to make one for myself, though. That sounds awesome. 
Uh, yeah, it definitely is a must. So I guess we should go over a couple risk factors too. I think that that's something that could apply specifically to a lot of people listening. And I think a lot of people are more susceptible than others just based off different ethnicities. And like you mentioned, if you had alcoholics or just alcohol drinkers and cigarette smokers as parents, that, mm-hmm. that can put you in a risk factor category too. Oh, for the neurotransmitters? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just know from my own experience, I had both my grandparents, you know, they like to booze it up and my dad liked to smoke. And so I definitely, when I was reading the book, uh, The Mood Cure, I identified with the reasons that I was attracted to, you know, alcohol or to stimulants or to carbohydrates and sugar. It's just really my body just needed neurotransmitters. And so as soon as I started taking 5-HTP, 5-HTP, I mean, within 15 minutes, I felt amazing. And I had struggled my whole life with depression, minor depression. I've taken antidepressants. I mean, it's just gone. I mean, it's just amazing to me that I don't have any more depression. I don't have any more days where I just have to check out and watch reruns of Law and Order all day in bed. (laughs) (laughs) And just like... Uh, I'm just floored and just really, really happy that I found this completely natural, totally safe uh, way to uh, get neurotransmitters in my brain. It's like, oh, wow, you just give your body the basic materials it needs and it can work. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't preach enough how much it's changed my life to just supplement with amino acids and different adaptogenic herbs like rhodiola. I mean, just stuff like that is – yeah. It shifted my whole life routine just because I feel like I can focus more. I feel like I can think better. And I'm a pretty healthy guy as far as eating and fitness-wise, but the supplementation, it's it puts you over the edge. I mean if you talk about drinking bulletproof coffee, the coffee with grass-fed butter in it, you mm-hmm. talk about things like that to make you feel great. But when you start taking supplements that your body's lacking, I mean you literally do feel invincible sometimes. So it's awesome. Yeah, and it's amazing how, you know, you don't have to take these supplements forever either. Um, You just need to get your body back up to speed, get them totally replenished. You can, sometimes you have to take them as little as two months, sometimes a year if you're pretty bad off. And then after that, you can maintain it with just ensuring you have animal protein at every meal. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a certain point when taking these supplements, are you going to be experiencing any kind of like a just a withdrawal because you're not supplementing with GABA and stuff like that? Yeah, you can. You will get a withdrawal if you still need them. Um, and so that's your cue that you need to keep taking them. If your your old symptoms start returning, your cravings or your depression or anxiety, um, then that's a signal that you do need to keep taking them. Um, so that's what you typically do. You take a bottle of one and then after a month, stop and just see how you feel. If you're not feeling too hot, keep taking it. Um, you can also, when you're under lots of, lots of stress, your body uses up a lot of neurotransmitters. So if you ever, you know, you did supplementing for like a year, 5-HT for a year, but uh, you're in a really stressful period in your life, perhaps it's time to pick up uh, the bottle of 5-HTP again to supplement and get you through the stressful period. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I mentioned a little bit earlier, just having a release. I mean, it is like a you do feel a release. You feel like your shoulders have been free of all the weight that's been weighing you down. And Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's incredible. So 
that's probably one of the number one things that I've done in my life just to improve my mental performance and physical performance and recovering faster from workouts and stuff like that. I notice a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I know a lot of women are into CrossFit. That's like the huge thing now. And a lot of people, a lot of people ask me, how do you keep up with the pace? And how do you keep up with the intensity if you're someone who's 40 years old or older and you're trying to keep up with these 22, 23, 25-year-old women in your class or men in your class with you? And I think you're not ever going to be able to catch up. But I guess if you were supplementing that you could have kind of a – a little bit more of a level up on someone that's not taking it. Oh, for sure. Cause definitely the, um, taking like L tyrosine or taking any of the amino acids or eating meat, your body is just going to be stronger and functioning better. So you're going to have more energy and more, you know, mental, mental aptitude, better attitude, optimism. Do you have any stimulants besides coffee or caffeine that you think are a safe bet or is just food what you should be using? Because what if you need an extra boost for a day? I know rhodiola definitely helps me, but I didn't know if you had a favorite. Um, well, I like the L-tyrosine. Uh, that's the amino acid that makes uh, adrenaline and norepinephrine. And they can be too stimulating for some people. You just have to try it. Some, like some people to drink caffeine and they're up all night. Um, so you just have to try it and see if it works for you. But for me, when I take one, I definitely am able to concentrate better. I'm able to focus better. You know, I take one first thing in the morning. That's actually like my cup of coffee. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, But it also makes dopamine. So that's uh, the dopamine is involved in your reward center. So it because I'm already tapping that reward bar like a little rat in an experiment, um, I'm already getting that my body some dopamine. So I don't have to do things throughout the day to get dopamine, like eat. Uh, sugar or carbohydrates or for somebody else maybe smoke a cigarette when you smoke a cigarette it gives you a dopamine rush that's why people smoke them um also you you don't i don't want to have to have a drink or anything like that that i used to do to make myself feel better or to stimulate me or whatever no desire anymore wow so tyrosine is your secret of how i can tell that you're smiling behind the microphone so that's awesome exactly (laughs) But, you know, other safe stimulants, there's, um, you know, yerba mate can be used in moderation. Um, um, There's a bunch of other ones, you know, but I like the L-tyrosine the best. It's the most, like, natural. Yeah, there's a couple other ones that I can't think of right now, but I'll definitely put up an article eventually just writing about the different ways to safely boost yourself up. Mm Mm-hmm. Because those five-hour energy people, they are making tons of money. I know people people are like having heart attacks though that stuff. There used to be a drink and it was called cocaine and mm-hmm. I have no idea what was in it. I think it's banned now. I'm sure there's a black market for it. Yeah. But it was an energy drink and I think people were and they must have been having heart attacks or strokes or they were having some crazy cases from yeah. people drinking this. Oh, well, the people are still having problems. I mean, I actually just had a friend actually just last weekend go to the hospital from drinking a monster drink, one of those big energy drinks, um, because he was thought he was having a heart attack, but he was actually just having a panic attack. Are he you was having, serious? Yeah, he, and it's very, very common. Monster is actually being sued because seven people have died and hundreds have reported adverse reports because of 
there's so much caffeine and taurine and other kinds of guarine, not to mention aspartame and all these stimulants in it that are causing people a lot of adverse effects and adverse health reactions. So you definitely want to look for ways to naturally stimulate yourself. That is insane. I have not heard about yeah. that yet. Oh, no. There's an article on naturalnews.com that you can read. Just you know, type in monster energy drinks. And there, there's a big lawsuit going on right now. And, you know, five-hour energy, energy drink, it's no different. They're all using the same Red Bull. They're all using the same ingredients, all the same stimulants. So is it is it the fact that these ingredients are in such high concentrated dosage or – I mean, are these ingredients safe? At, I mean, obviously not aspartame, but guaran or anything like that. Is it because there's so, so much of them, or what is it? Um, I think it's. I think like anything is okay in small quantities, including caffeine. But when you get this big, gigantic monster drink, I mean, that's like three Red Bulls. You know, that's a lot of caffeine, and people are thinking, "Oh, I just had one monster drink," um, but it's that's a lot of caffeine and a a lot of combination of different kinds of stimulants. And so for some people, that can be deadly. Yeah, I know for people taking pre-workout supplements or amino acid supplements, a lot of bodybuilders are into pre-workout supplements or just supplements that are actually BCAAs, you know, the branch chain amino acids. They actually have tons of caffeine in them too. So Mm -hmm. one time I bought a BCAA supplement, ended up having a ton of caffeine, and I could not work out. I could not exercise at all. As soon as I went to go pick up weight, I was shaking from it, and I, oh, no. I was like, "What is going on?" I mean, I felt completely out of my out of my, you know, out of my head, pretty much. So I went over to the ingredients, and it was over two hundred milligrams of caffeine. Oh wow! That was yeah. in that serving size. So I was, uh, yeah, I was jittery for hours. I basically rolled around in bed all night. It was not fun. So yeah, it just speaks to how you no know, everything that you put in your mouth, you got to look at the ingredients, whether it's a supplement or a drink or um, a seemingly healthy supplement you know you gotta look at yeah i definitely say be careful with amino acid supplements because like i said it's a lot of bodybuilders that are into them but if just the person who's just now getting into fitness and you're getting a recommendation from a gnc store some of the stuff may be okay in there but they're probably going to put you or try to put you on a supplement that's a lot stronger than you need too. So I think that's probably a problem. Yeah. And there's 22 different amino acids and the one, the five that I was talking about are really more to make your neurotransmitters in your brain. A bodybuilding supplement is going to be the ones that maybe build muscle more. Um, So there's different types for different purposes. Right. Yeah. Glutamine's been noted for just recovery. I'm not sure if it's been, associated with muscle gain i'd probably say so because it's in so many bodybuilding supplements Mm -hmm. what are the other testing methods for this um for for the neurotransmitters right well there's uh, not necessarily um what testing so much that you can do for those it's more a matter of um just doing trial and error with the supplements okay yeah, I figured there might not be like a specific there, I apologize. There actually is a website you can go to to take a, a symptom questionnaire to figure out which ones you're deficient in that you should take. But it's not a uh, like a, a medical test so much. But it's called the Diet Cure Quick Symptom Questionnaire, which you can find on themoodcure.com or dietcure.com. 
And that by taking that questionnaire, you check off your list of symptoms and it'll, it'll tell you which ones you can supplement. You know, the, the higher score you get on each section, um, that's the one you should, the supplement you should start with first. Like most people are deficient in serotonin, so they should start with a 5-HTP first and then go to the next section that has the highest number. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I figured it would be based off symptoms like fatigue or whatever you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think what I was thinking of, the other testing that you had on your article on losing weight, you were talking about just ridding yourself of insulin resistance. Is that, is that what the different tests were for? Um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, there's all kinds of testing that you can do to see if you have um, insulin resistance where your body isn't taking in the blood sugar or the food that you're eating into the cells to produce energy and burn it off. There's lots of testing for insulin resistance that you can do. But again, they're expensive and even doctors usually evaluate their individual patients on the basis of specific symptoms or risk factors. Um, so in, in my blog, I go into you know, what is insulin resistance, the risk factors, and the testing that you can do for that. Because basically, you know, people that are insulin resistant, um, it's estimated that between uh, 70 to 80 million Americans are insulin resistant. And if it's not treated, it eventually leads to diabetes. And um, it, it's basically very simple. It's just when you are repeatedly eating sugar, repeatedly eating flour, anything with sugar and even too much fruit, your body's your blood sugar goes up, it skyrockets. The poor little pancreas, overworked pancreas, has to release insulin to bring that blood sugar down. And if this happens over and over and over and over again, um, the cells become like resistant to the insulin and they don't let it in. You know, they don't let the, the insulin into it to burn up that energy, that sugar, those calories, and to burn it off. So you just end up storing it as fat. Um, because insulin is the hormone that tells your body to store fat. Wow. Pancreas has to release more and more insulin to be able to get it into the cells because the cells are insulin resistant. So obviously you're going to gain weight if you have insulin resistance. Wow. So is your body producing too much insulin at this time? It is. It's producing way too much and it only is doing that because you're eating too much sugar and flour and other things you're not supposed to be eating if you're on a paleo diet. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. The 21-day sugar detox is a pretty huge thing, and a lot of people talk about how hard it is going through that if you're not used to mm-hmm. eliminating sugar. Mm-hmm. So, But amino acids help with that. The amino acids help because they're drug-like foods, sugar and flour and, and grains too. And um, these drug-like foods, you, you have to wean off them like a drug, and the amino acids help you to do that, like taking the L-glutamine and some of the other things so that you're replacing the amino acids that your body would normally be trying to get with a sugar or flour fix. Wow. So how big of a part does genetics play in having too much insulin and diabetes? Well, some people are born insulin resistant, so definitely uh, genetics does play a big part. Um, But there's a golden rule in health that genetics are influenced by diet and lifestyle. Your genes, the new study of epigenetics, uh, your genes can be turned on and off by how you live, exercise, and what you eat. So you're not condemned, you know, if you're, you have a fat mom or daddy is really chronically ill with cancer or something else. doesn't matter. You have the control to, in your health. 
Wow. So basically, I guess the theory is that it's switches in your brain and is it like trigger foods or trigger trigger chemicals or? Um, well, basically, um, it's just all kinds of things. All kinds of things influence whether your genes turn on and off. Um, one of them, uh, just very simply, is water. If you don't drink enough water, then your body can actually start replicating. Um, it, your body won't be able to replicate your DNA as well. Um, so that will turn on and off genes. Um, so chronic dehydration absolutely contributes to cancer because the mutated weird genes that are being uh, produced are replicated. Um, uh, there are so many diseases are caused by just chronic dehydration for that very reason. Um, so obviously any kind of foods you're eating, trans fats and, um, and any kind of uh, like heavy metals, they, those will all um, affect your genes in different ways and turn different genes on and off because you adapt to your environment. And uh, so if you're eating unhealthy foods, your body's totally toxic, then uh, you're chronically dehydrated or so many other, other factors. Those are going to change your genes and can even change them to the point where you pass on those genetic mutations to your children and grandchildren. Wow. So if you had a history of drinking soda, diet soda, juices, stuff like that, mm-hmm. I guess you could be experiencing a lot of these symptoms long after you're switching to pure water, tea, and coffee? Yeah, because if, you, if you've been chronically dehydrated for a really long time, um, you can have permanent damage from that. Um, so unfortunately, coffee and tea and those things, they dehydrate you. you. You pee out all the coffee you drink plus a little bit extra because of the caffeine in it. And so people who are drinking that all day long are just they're really making themselves sick. You can read more about it. This amazing book. Um, it's called, um, you know, you can go on water-cure.com or you're not sick, you're just thirsty. Wow. Amazing book. Yeah, I'll definitely put a link up to that too. Yeah. So that's how genes play a role in whether uh, you have, you know, insulin resistance or thyroid issues or any kind of other health issues that could be contributing to weight gain. Wow. So dehydration is is huge and I think a lot of the paleo community, what they're into is eating great and drinking water but huge percentage are still drinking coffee and you can still say, okay, well, it's organic shade-grown coffee from Hawaii or wherever and I think that you could still be dehydrating yourself no matter what quality it is. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, and not, everything is okay in moderation, but if you drink a cup of coffee, you you gotta drink two glasses of water, you know, like to make up for it. Yeah, the one or two shots of whiskey or bourbon or whatever it is that I drink per year, I mm-hmm. always match them with a cup of water right after. I don't know if oh, that's a smart idea, but it's always yeah, worked for me. Absolutely. absolutely. Because the same thing, anything, alcohol, caffeine, soda, tea, except for herbal teas, even juices and milk, even though they all have water, they all uh, don't count as much as water. They're not, they don't do the same thing in your body as water. So you ultimately get dehydrated. Right. You don't drink water. To backtrack for a minute, I forgot to mention on the topic of insulin resistance, 
that a risk factor could be giving birth to a baby more than nine pounds. I've, yes. yes. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And basically, um, sadly, you know, when, uh, I was very aware of this when I was pregnant is that when you can't gain more than, uh, less than 25 pounds or more than 35 pounds or your, your baby could be, uh, have, um, higher chance of being insulin resistant or diabetic or being overweight, um, because if you gain more than 35 pounds during pregnancy, you're basically programming your baby um, for their number of fat cells and their all kinds of other factors are involved in their weight and their sugar metabolism. So you can't eat too much sugar and you can't gain too much weight because that affects you know your child's health in the long run after they're born. Right. Yeah, I've heard many times before just the talk about how important it is to be healthier than ever just during pregnancy just because the way that the DNA is programmed is based off your lifestyle at that time. Yeah, you know, if, if you're starving, like they've done studies of mothers during a war and whatnot that were starving to death, um, their babies would uh, in the future have much higher incidence of diabetes. Um, they would have, uh, they'd babies would be a lot fatter because when you're... Um, in survival mode, your body, you're teaching it, oh, food's going to be scarce. I got to hold on to every calorie that comes in. When the baby's born, every calorie they eat, they adapted to the stressful conditions. And so their body is programmed to store every calorie that uh, is consumed. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. See, I think I know one of my friends right now that's about to have a baby is not following the strictest diet and is going for mm-hmm. fast food and it uh it's kind of yeah. sad but that's a a part where I can't really be overbearing and say stop eating that but really it's yeah. it's important. Yeah, I know when I was pregnant I ate everything inside. I didn't eat <laughs> food. Yeah. I didn't eat fast food because um actually I tried McDonald's once and I vomited. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I actually vomited. Were you just super sensitive to food at that time? Um, yeah, it, well, it just, I don't know if it was mental or something, but I got really freaked out after I ate the McDonald's, but it just, it just made me really sick to my stomach. Cause yeah, you, it depends on the person, but I was, um, definitely my stomach was kind of sensitive if I ate bad food. Wow. But you know, you have a compulsion to want to eat everything in sight. Your body is just like, feed me. Wow. And the, that's actually exacerbated if you have mineral deficiencies as well, right. which, which I noticed when I, I didn't take my prenatal vitamins. If I didn't take them religiously every day, if I skipped a day, that next day I would be starving to death. Really? Really strange, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there a certain – I mean are all these minerals and things like GABA, are these things safe to take while pregnant or is it just the minerals? Well, um, minerals, of course, are safe. Um, some of the aminos, I would definitely, you know, address it with your doctor. Um, I don't see how any of them would be bad for you because all they are are amino acids, which are the precursors to, uh, the, they're just proteins. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins and you get them just in your meat. Um, but definitely, um, it's something you don't want to take, uh, too much of anything while you're pregnant. You wouldn't want to go overboard. I don't think you probably want to start them while you're pregnant just because, um, just of unknown factors, uh, you know, you might have a reaction to it or you, 
so you just don't know. I'd rather any any doctor is probably going to say no, don't take it. Right. Probably better just to try them. You know, once you have the baby, you'll live. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I think that's about all that I had for this. This is a amazing topic to me, and I love learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. You know, like I said, if you want to, you know, learn more about how to uh, balance your biochemistry, you know, diet and exercise aren't working for you, then you can go on my blog um, called Trouble Losing Weight, Balance Your Body's Biochemistry to find out more about what you need to do to get your body in order so that you can lose the weight naturally. Wow. So what are a a couple things that you could leave us with, just something that we could do tomorrow tomorrow? to improve our lives, whether that's in health, fitness, waking up happier, just anything that's on your mind? Um, I definitely say minerals. Get some minerals in you. Um, the main ones are get, get a zinc supplement, a chelated zinc supplement, and a chelated uh, calcium and magnesium supplement. Take them a few times a day. and uh, That's probably the single most important thing you can do to increase your energy levels, your well-being, and your health, and take them, you know, for the rest of your life. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go take my magnesium and zinc and calcium supplement right now, so I'm excited (laughs) for it. (laughs) Great, great. And I will sleep like a baby tonight. Yeah, because calcium and magnesium, they're the minerals that relax you, so they help you de-stress and fall asleep easier. Yeah, I hate to say sleep like a baby. I guess the term would be sleep like a rock or an elephant or yeah. <laughs> sleep sleep very deeply. And you dream like crazy on magnesium. The dreams are a lot more vivid. They're definitely not lucid, but mm-hmm. I do notice a huge difference in my dream recall. As soon as I wake up, I'm like, wow, I was definitely having some deep dreams. So that's something I've noticed what? from it. Yeah, well, when you get a really good night's sleep, you end up uh, remembering your dreams better. Because like people that don't remember their dreams, that means they woke up too soon and they didn't get into that final stage end of sleep, the end stage of sleep where they remember their dreams. Wow. That makes perfect sense then. Yeah. So you're sleeping enough. You know you slept enough when you remember your dreams. That's amazing. I think it's awesome to take control of your dreams. I have a dream journal and I try to update it as frequently as I can, but definitely keeping track of your dreams. I feel like it might reveal a lot of things that you've kind of shoved into your subconscious that you need to face, like a stressful job or something like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, your dreams are just a way for uh, your body, your brain to kind of filter and process all the stuff that it's going through through the day, or it'll help you, you know, solve problems. And it's funny, even people that dream about water or lakes or things like that, uh, their body is, um, you know, unsubconsciously telling them to drink more water. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of experience of if I don't face a problem or something stressful like a car wreck. I know that's that's rare hopefully for you but just a very stressful event if something happens and I don't face it and I don't think about it if I'm meditating or if I'm just practicing deep breathing and I don't face those issues that I've that have happened through the day they always come up in my dreams yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah you can't escape them yeah it's crazy years I come back yeah. gotta get rid of them. well thank you so much for joining us again it's always a pleasure 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great. This was awesome. And I think that if anybody has questions, you can send them to me and I can send them over to Wendy or they can just find you at your website. So you want to give all that info out? If anyone has any questions or they need help with their own personal health, um, they can find me on wendy-myers.com. Awesome. So there's a bunch of different categories here so you got weight loss emotional eating nutrition supplements detox so and your health condition guide that's also up there so yeah i'm actually i'm not haven't completed that but i have a health condition guide that goes over how to address um 150 different health conditions totally naturally that is awesome yeah, and I'm you know only about twenty in, um, but eventually there'll there'll be a hundred and fifty different conditions or more, and how to treat them naturally without drugs. Wow! So are you going to be publishing that into an ebook in the future or hardcover both? I may. I mean, it's definitely going to be available for free on my website. I may consider you know finding a publisher if they're interested. That would be awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much again, and keep up the awesome work and. We'll have you back real soon. Uh, Thank you so much, Evan. It was great talking to you. All right. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks again for listening. If you all made it through the whole podcast, then I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got a lot from it. So look forward to hearing your stories of relaxation and motivation. So you can send me an email at evan at notjustpaleo.com. Find me back at facebook.com forward slash notjustpaleo and also on Twitter at not just paleo so thanks again and send your questions in i love responding to you in an email but if you'd rather me featured on the podcast i'm fine doing that too so thanks a lot and we'll see you the next time she doesn't have a clue that he's terrible blues. Why I'm in a tire, got to watch out, girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting. Let me be the one that loves you.